Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But my guest today is from the YouTube channel Tercetis, and I just want to say it's a fascinating choice of name for a YouTube channel. Um, yeah, uh, I, I picked it because I really admire the work of the historian Thucydides. Mm. He wrote History of the Peloponnesian War, mm. and um, he was one of the first historians. Yeah, I really want to read the Peloponnesian Wars. Didn't he write a book about the barbarians as well? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've read some of that too. I really want to read some of his works. But tell us about what you do on your channel and what you try to do, accomplish with your channel. Um, my basic philosophy with the channel is, is basically to like bring the stories of history to life in this new digital age, try to adapt those stories to this new format. So, mm. you know, more people, young people, especially can appreciate these stories. So I try to make very high quality videos with animations and, and mm. pictures and funny jokes and stuff. Mm. I just try to make my videos accessible while still keeping it very historically accurate and just telling good stories. Is what and, I and I especially love the tire team that you do. It's, you know, I've seen a lot of you, YouTube channel uses, but you, and I love the, how you rank generals and rank emper, emperors on your channels. Yeah, I really enjoy making those videos. And that's what kind of we're going to do today, except I, w- I won't be using the tier, cha- tier channel, but I don't know if you will, but we don't, today we're going to discuss, we're going to do the ranking of empires that existed throughout history. And we, each of us are going to have our own list. But what I want to focus on on my list is their significant in history, what they tr- how they influence history, and the yeah, how they basically affected history being their presence is what I'm trying to accomplish on my list. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've also prepared my own. I prepared my own list as well. Yeah, so we don't to just just back and forth what we are going to why we put each empire on those lists. So it will be kind of a little discussion video for. I thought that would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, why don't we let you start with your top 10? Okay, so for my number 10 empire, I have the Ottoman Empire. Number nine, I have the Tang Dynasty of China. Number eight, I have the Spanish Empire. Number seven, I have the Maurya Empire. Number six, I have the Mongol Empire. Number five, I have the British Empire. Number four, I have the Han Dynasty of China. Number three, I have the Abbasid Caliphate. Number two, I have the Persian Empire, the Achaemenid Persian Empire. And number one, I have the Roman Empire. My list is the Danish Empire on number 10, 
but basically because of how the initial made and it's not priced at all. Nope. <laughs> and uh, I have the Macedonian Empire on the number nine, and on number eight I chose the Aztec Empire. Seven, the Umayyad Caliphates. And on the sixth, the Japanese Empire. On number five, the Spanish Empire. And uh, four, the British Empire. Number three, the Ottoman Empire. And two, the Byzantine Empire. And one, of course, the one and only, the Third Reich. I'm just kidding. Of course, it's the Roman Empire number. I was one. a bit scared of that. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't hear from you when I said you have a mail. So yeah, I was <laughs> no. It was a scary course, answer. Yeah, man. Of course, it's the Roman Empire on number one. And why did you choose your number ten? Okay, so my choice for number ten, the reason I put the Ottoman Empire at number ten was, I guess, because I was surprised by that. To be honest with you, that it was so low. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, well, I think the Ottoman Empire had a great start to its history. Uh, it had a very strong expansionist phase in its early history. It was very strong financially and administratively. It had a lot of economic power, a lot of military power. Uh, but during its later years, it entered a very long and painful phase of decline and it was sort of subordinated to other powers of Europe. So I sort of knock it for that period, as well as for their systems where they, you know, practice slavery and yeah. stuff. I really like that, but. Fair enough. I mean, that was pretty common thing during that time, though, to be fair. It was, it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, for me personally, why I chose the Danish Empire at number 10, it's. Uh... It's, like you said, I'm half Danish myself and half, half Norwegian. I'm half Danish on my father's side, but it's also because if you, I had actually, if you want to check out, you can check out my episode. I did the interview Kurt Willard Jensen and his colleague Michael Rensbo about the Danish Empire, and I read a book that I wrote about the Danish Empire, and it's actually quite significant in European history and its influence in the and control of the Baltic Sea is fascinating how they had such ties with the Pope but I didn't put it higher because they didn't, weren't exactly the largest empire and they didn't exact I didn't feel like they should have any higher higher place on the list but it's just it kind of fascinating to me as a Scandinavian that we had this empire and that this has so, had such significant part to play in European history. That's fascinating. Can you give me a quick like overview of the Danish empire and its history? Cause I'm not too knowledgeable. Oh yeah. So as you know, the Danish empire, I'm not too knowledgeable myself. I'd rather try, but the Danish empire, basically they had, as you may know, they had the parts of huge parts of England and that's, of course, where we get the Dane law. And uh, they lost it, of course, to, I believe, I might be wrong in this, so somebody in the comments, please correct me. But I believe they had lost it to William the Conqueror, eventually, and the, the Normans, but, and, and the Anglo-Saxons. But they actually were, was talked about because they were significant, they had control of the Baltic Sea. They had, of course, Norway, 
and they had Sweden at one point, and uh, Iceland was part of the Danish Empire, Greenland, of course, and Greenland is still a part of the Danish Danish colony. So technically, the, and the Fair Islands, so technically, technically, that kind of still is an empire, but they actually had colonies away in southern and not in, in the Caribbean and African colonies as well. And the Pope had really good relations with the Danish Empire um, because there were so many pagans at the time that it was a good place to convert into Christianity. And like I said, there was, there was a point and it didn't happen, but they there was a point in time where they were supposed to marry a Byzantine princess, which didn't happen eventually, but there was talk about it. And yeah, because of the politic and the influence in the Baltic Sea, I kind of put it on the tent because it's not the most famous empire in the world, but the influence, I feel like it's worth being on top 10, on my top 10 list. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I'd say that that's a very good case to put it on the list. Can you explain why you put the Ottoman Empire so high? I, find, I just find Islamic history in general fascinating, and Ottoman history especially. you got so many great sultans like Mehmed II, and I'm not saying it's a necessarily a good thing, but the Janissaries just fascinates me, and the Ottoman Empire is fascinating to me. And the yeah, how they govern, and I kind of remember so tolerant, not really tol- tol- tolerant, but more or less tolerant, I suppose, to other religions. It's, it's simply fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, they're rel- they were relatively tolerant. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about putting it above the Spanish and the British Empire, though. Mm. Like, and I, don't, I don't think the Ottoman Empire had the same, like, you know, global, yeah. worldwide influence that those empires had. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. That's why I didn't put it. Uh, higher on my list personally yeah i probably should have switched with japan with the spanish and british empire but the list is at least is as it is so yeah i like the danish empire though it's yes i definitely it's, read more about it you should the book actually is going to be available next year i would highly recommend it it's fantastic book and fantastic read and it's quite surprised. It actually surprised me because coming into the Danish Empire, I, I was kind of naive because I thought it would be so kind of like just a Scandinavian thing, you know, that they wouldn't have much influence at, at all, really, on European history or or history in general. But when you read through the book, it's just wow. And I, the episode it's it's not out while we record, but it should be out on the episode release. I would definitely recommend checking. It's a two-parter where I interview both of the authors. So I would definitely check out that episode. Okay, I'll keep my eyes out for that. But yeah, what about your number nine list? Uh, I put the Tang Dynasty there because um, I would say the Tang Dynasty is probably the second greatest dynasty in Chinese history. Mm. It was a very cosmopolitan dynasty was a period where china was very engaged in world trade like a leader sort of in the burgeoning global economy of the period um like pretty big manufacturing capacity very strong military and uh fairly smooth bureaucracy governmental structures very advanced in a lot of aspects there are a lot of things invented in china during this period as well uh this is just a, a period where china was very strong very influential on a global scale 
And I think that's why I put it there. Yeah, I really didn't. I'm not too strong on Chinese history, I'm afraid. I really want to learn more about Asian history because it's just equally as fascinating as uh, European history, in my opinion. Yeah, I noticed you didn't put any Chinese empires on your list. Yeah. I feel like that should have, you probably should have put one of them or something at least on there. Yeah, the reason is because I'm, I'm not too familiar with Chinese history. And, and that's why I just didn't put any Chinese, because I don't know enough about them to feel like I can't talk about it, to put them there. Yeah, that's reasonable. But there's a lot of there's a lot of good books out there yeah. regarding these dynasties. Yeah, definitely going to check it out. And I want I want to do more Chinese history and Asian history. So far, I've basically just done American and European history on my podcast, but I want to expand into both Islamic and uh, and Asian culture history as well because it's just like you said. I'm gonna say this a lot, but it's fascinating to me. Yeah. It is definitely very interesting. And it's always good to expand your historical knowledge. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I've been really focused. The thing is, I've been really focused on Roman history. So I haven't found, I've kind of been focused internally on Roman history, but I'm trying to expand and broaden, broaden my knowledge about the Eastern and Euro Asian history as well. Yeah, that's the thing with me too. I, I've focused a lot on Roman history as well. So yeah, the, one of the reasons I put the Macedonian Empire is even though Alexander did conquer the whole world, he, it didn't last very long. It just collapsed, kind of. So I didn't feel like it deserved to be higher up for that reason, because it collapsed basically right after Alexander died. He, so if I remember correctly, he didn't really na name a successor either. So that's why that's one of the reasons I put it down there so low on the list it could have been a great empire it had potential to become a, a great empire and the size probably even larger size than rome ever was but it just didn't didn't work out with the governing and their they didn't get along to put it that way and that's one of the reasons i put it on so high on the list because because it's uh, you know fell fell apart pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with what you said. Honestly, I wouldn't put the empire on the list at all because I don't think it deserves it. Mm. If you think about um, why that empire was able to exist at all, it was not just because Alexander was such a great general. It was also because the Persians before him had done the actual yeah. work of constructing the administrative and political structures of yeah. empire. And he just inherited that, which is why he was able to hold it together during his reign without actually stopping to do any work on it. Yeah, he just kept true. going. He never did any empire building. The empire just kind of built itself. It was there before he was there. And I don't yeah. think the Macedonian empire deserves any credit for any of that. So I wouldn't put it on the list. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to give it it's sort of a, I kind of want to give it there because it conquered basically the whole world at the time, what they thought would be the whole world. So and that's why I put it there on number nine. Um, I don't know about if it was the whole world. I mean, it was a pretty the, as they say in history, as they say in the history books. Yeah, but those history books are like Eurocentric, I would say. Fair enough, fair enough. Like he never got to India, never got to China. He never yeah. got turned around and went to Rome. Didn't so. he come to Pakistan though, if I remember remember correctly? 
Yeah, but the Persians were already there. Yeah. Yeah, true. So I, I that was saying, but I just felt like I need, it needed to be here because of the size. It's like, yeah, like you said, it's technically not an empire because it collapsed so quickly mm-hmm. after his death. But I just feel like it should be, should be higher on the list at least. Hmm. Well, if you think if you think it deserves a spot based off of size, why don't you put the Mongol Empire on here? Hmm. Why don't you put the Mongol Empire on here? Again, it's an empire I don't know too much about, but. You know, and 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 one of the reasons I put the Macedonian Empire on the here is not just the size, but it, it did like it or not, it did have an influence on history. I mean, we did get the Alexandria, which is still a, a city today, and the library of Alexandria, which came later, of course. But it they, it did have a significant influence on both Caesar and several other heroes of history. So that's one of the reasons I put it on there because of its influence on history. That is actually a great point that I wasn't necessarily thinking of. You, yeah, he did influence Alexander specifically. He influenced a lot of generals and conquerors after him. And also the things that he did to spread Greek culture mm-hmm. and the destabilizing influence that hit the, the wars of his succession had on the entire region had massive implications for history. Yeah. And we got several cities that still is a part of our world today that's from his comes from Alexander. So that's one of the reasons I put it on the feel like it deserves even though it's collapsed right after his death, it still still deserves a spot on my list, in my opinion. I think that's very fair. So yeah, I wish I want to learn more about Alexander, and I I, I intend to do an episode about him eventually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that's what I one of the reasons why I put put it on there. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So yeah, what about your eight list? Uh, my number eight, I had the Spanish Empire. Mm. I put the Spanish Empire at number eight because again, the Spanish Empire was very big. And it was very powerful, but it was also managed very badly. It had terrible administration. And despite the fact they had so much money, they ended up running out of their money because they kept fighting so many unwinnable wars in Europe against a yeah. bunch of enemies. Also, they were very bad at uh, you know using their resources to like improve yeah. their empire, really. Like despite the fact that they had such a head start and such an immense advantage in natural resources they managed to fall behind in development uh with the rest of europe by the year 1700 so basically they just choked a massive lead and i don't think that they deserve a super big spot despite their massive influence on creating the world economy and i should probably should have switched with the japanese and spanish but uh, they didn't keep the colonies very long either they didn't govern them very well they did not yeah they didn't really, I mean, obviously their empire was exploitation on an insane scale beyond anything previously achieved in history, which is impressive, but it also ended up being unproductive in the end because they just extracted all the gold and silver yeah. and left pretty much nothing. Yeah, that, imagine what South America could have been like today if they if actually governed correctly. Yeah, they really did not do very much work to improve the lives of people in the colonies there. 
So yeah, um, I throw out other reasons you did, like internal in front in front. What about Spain itself and the Spanish Inquisition? Right, that yeah, and also the the failure to modernize, the failure to yeah <clears throat> keep up with the rest of the colonial empires. And inbreeding doesn't help either. No, definitely not. So yeah, I put that. I put, try to put the Aztec Empire on the top eight. Because, and again, it's technically not an empire, but I kind of it's it's fascinating. And this I'm gonna be like Spock here and say fascinating enough. But <laughs> yeah, it's best. It's just in, interesting to me how how they governed into things and ruled. It was basically a utopia before the Spanish came along. I mean, but I mean, sacrificing 80,000 people, it kind of doesn't, shouldn't be higher on the list because of that. Uh, that's an interesting placement. I don't know if I would call it a utopia because yes, Tenochtitlan was a very beautiful city with very mm. advanced civil engineering and their empire was obviously- It was supposedly but... in quotes, supposed to be a utopia. I mean, they didn't, yeah, but... have, they, they didn't have money, they didn't have uh, anything like money didn't exist in the Aztec Empire until the Spanish came along and wanted all the gold to, and steal it from them. Um, is that I mean, if I read, I've, I've done, I'm not too sure, but I remember watching something where it said this and don't quote me on this, but I again, I'm not too sure. I think it was too sure about this because I'm. I'm a little bit fussy on the Aztec Empire, but like they, to me, they are again fascinating people, and their religion is super interesting. And the ball games they had, it's just it's interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I've watched documentaries and I read some articles. Uh, I'm not sure if that thing about currency is true. Like, I obviously they didn't have metal currency yeah. like they had in Europe, but I don't know if they had another medium of exchange that sort of resembled currency. Yeah. I mean, again, the, the, the way that they did things with religion where we actually became a god and worked among the people for one year to do, just to be sacrificed. I mean, it's... You can't go and admit that's pretty fascinating to learn about how they, how they do this, how they trade religion and how they governed people with... Yeah, it's also really impressive, I guess, for these people to have built such a great empire to create such great feats of engineering without use of pack animals yeah. or proper metalworking. It's very interesting how they managed to do that. I would love if I'm able to travel again to go see the pyramids in person, just to be near there and watch just to imagine what it was like to be standing in front of the pyramids watching a sacrifice I mean it would have been horrible but I mean it would just fascinate to see and picture what things was like when you're near it's such a historic significant architecture and I'm an, I'm an ancient architecture geek which is one of the reasons why I love the Romans so much but that, that's, one of, I know, that's one of the reasons I want to go to see the pyramids because of the architecture that they made. Yeah, there's fascinating ancient architecture everywhere. Yeah. And I, I just I keep saying this that 
you, you look at a skyscraper today and you, it won't look as beautiful as let's say the pyramids of the Aztec in thousand years. It's what it just won't hold up well, unlike the Aztec pyramids, which will probably still stand there a thousand years from now. And like let's say let's say a modern skyscraper in New York, it just won't be as it won't be ugly in let's say 30 years if people don't use it. But then and meanwhile, like ancient churches or pyramids, they're still gonna stand there and stand the test of time. Um I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. It's just about uh, aesthetic appreciation at that point. And yeah. I don't think there's anything necessarily special about ancient buildings that make them more aesthetically appealing. But like, I think modern skyscrapers are fantastic too. And I feel like- Oh yeah. Like, they will okay. become, they'll become historical monuments the same way that the pyramids of the Mayans- I'm are. not saying it's, I'm not saying they're ugly. I think there is beautiful buildings today as well, but I just say, I don't think they will hold up as well if you don't maintain it. Mm, well, the, the Mayan pyramids actually, you should see pictures of them when they were first discovered. They were not maintained for a thousand years and they did not look very good. The, the thing course. you see now, the thing you see now has been heavily, heavily restored for the eyes of tourists. So. Fair point, fair point. Yeah. But yeah, it's the Aztecs is definitely someone I wish to discover more of and learn more about the religion. Like you said, it's fascinating to me. And uh, yeah, I definitely wish to discover more about them. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. I want to travel more to see more of these historical artifacts and oh, yeah. sites, yeah. So yeah, well, your number, I believe we're the number seven now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so your number seven was the Umayyad caliphates. Yeah. So do you mean, you mean the Umayyad and the Abbasid, right? Uh, you know, the Umayyad from, I believe, the, not, not, I have to look up, I don't remember the year. I believe so. They're two different aspects, empires, right? They were, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, mind the first one, I think. Just the first one? Yeah, just the first one. Okay. 756 uh, to 1031. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why did you put that, that one there? Well, again, it's the influence of the empire and the Islamic expansion. Again, I want to say that I don't condone what they did to expand and... The, of course, they did atrocities as well, but there, and we talked about this in my episode actually on uh, my episode on Brief History of Science, where we talked about how they, how their astronomy, it's uh, that the research in astronomy and literature influence us still today. And that's one of the reasons because the Islamic people were fantastic in the golden age. They were fantastic astronomers and scientists. And it's not, you can't deny that. And when you learn about Islam, and I feel like Islamic history is misunderstood. And I feel not, I'm not saying that they're governed perfectly, but the, the size and the expansion, because remember that Islam was pretty new at this point and how they, conquer Spain and basically the Mediter African Mediterranean Mediterranean in Af on the African side it's it's just it's again I'm rather I say, take a drink every time I say this word but it's fascinating to me 
my childhood. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's very impressive that Islam managed to spread like that so fast and that the Arabs managed to conquer so much <clears throat> in such a short time. And also the fact that they created a lot of um, good stuff out of their conquest. Yeah. I'm not saying that the government could be question, questionable, like how they, I mean, that was in the Ottoman Empire as well, but if you weren't Muslim, you could have to pay the extra tax to be, be left alone, and that they didn't want to let people it be converted into Islam because they got the extra tax from those who weren't Muslim. So they kind of were a little aggressive at that point, and other governing Darwin as well, but uh, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I didn't put them higher on the list because the governing was kind of questionable, I suppose, and it did fall eventually. But and, and I want to recommend a YouTube channel here that's called Al Mur Al Mayit. Yeah, that's it. It's a fantastic yeah, It's a fantastic. Uh, fantastic channel for to learn more about the Umayyad caliphates if you're interested in learning more about them and that's how I learned about them through his channel and we are talking about doing a collaboration as well in the future hopefully interesting but uh, yeah it's just I, f I find Islamic history fascinating and the Umayyad caliphates definitely is goes under that category and uh yeah, it's, I feel like to understand Islam, you need to understand their history as well. And, uh, and having more or less the amateur level, and not, I'm not an academic, but you feel like you kind of start to understand how misunderstood in the West that Islam actually is, that people don't really understand what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of narrative going around that Islam is a violent religion, that it's a religion built on conquest, founded on conquest. Yeah. Yes, there's plenty of conquest and violence in Islam's history. But so did Christianity, remember? The same, the same applies for all religions, yeah. There's plenty of that in all religions' history. And again, you have to remember that even though Islamic empires were built upon conquest, their conquests were not brutal and genocidal like many other conquests throughout history mm. and also the work that the muslims did in the lands that they conquered very much improved the quality of life for people there yeah and the things that they did to endorse learning and science all of it just really advanced human civilization so if you want to understand islam you need to understand its history as well and it's just, like you said it's interesting if not as interesting you as... dodged the word there i saw that yeah <laughs> yeah don't, don't notice and uh it's not as interesting as european history and christianity christian history in my opinion absolutely so i i love the placement there on that list <laughs> my yeah, why did you was... choose the Basid caliphate? oh oh um i put the uh abbasid caliphate up there because I sort of value what they did more than the mm. Umayyad because the Umayyad came first and they did the conquering, but yeah. the Abbasid did the work of actually cementing the empire, creating the Islamic world of the medieval period and afterwards. And they, you know, endorsed science, they sponsored learning and they created yeah. institutions for all these things. They founded libraries and they, they basically... They basically 
cemented Islam's permanent existence in this region. Yeah. So I think that gets them a very, very high score in, in influence. Yeah, it was definitely one of the golden age of Islam during the Basis. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I respect them so, so much because their endorsement of science and their and when how they how they do, actually endorse it and like Christianity at the time who denounced more or less denounced it. I'm not saying everyone did, but you know. Yeah, Catholic Church was not being very helpful. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I respect Islam so much because of the, I would say, openness towards science and prosperity towards knowledge. Yeah, I value very highly empires that manage to create peace, prosperity across a vast area yeah. and a lot of people. And I think the Abbasids did that. They did that very much. They created a connected Arab world across the Mediterranean kind of similar to what the Romans did with the Pax Romana. Yeah. They created a world brimming with trade and learning. How do you think Romans would react to Islam if they, if they saw it as, as the Basid Caliphate? I mean, the Romans did, right? They're the Byzantines. So. Yeah. I mean, an ancient Roman, if you will. Technically. Uh, hmm. Pagan Rome, to put it that way. I, I believe that the, the pagan world would be troubled again by the rise of a monotheistic religion like Islam. Mm. But I think Roman emperors would very much admire a lot of the things that, that Arab rulers were doing during this period. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah. I, I think under, I can do my number six list, which is the Japanese empire. I just, mm. I don't just want to do European empires. I want to broaden that as well. And it's at least put one Asian empire on the list. And having, I've said this before on previous episodes, but I read John Tolan's book on to watch a few documentaries on this empire. And again, the way that they managed to go, to go from an isolated nation until becoming an empire in such short time, it's it's really. You gotta respect that how how quickly they modernized and their their uh, what's the word for it the motivation for becoming modernized a modernized country after being kind of forced from an isolated nation to become a mod- part of the modern world and I, I respect that tremendously that they how quickly they've managed to get an army get a, get an uh, factories get help from Europe from German designers from German and American the American intellectuals to help them become a modern country I respect that that's that's reasonable um I, I would disagree with your placement though simply because of mm. the things that the Japanese Empire did fair enough in the, in the pursuit of building their empire they committed innumerable war crimes an insane yeah, amount of true. atrocities. They didn't treat China Absolutely very brutal. kindly. They didn't treat anybody very kindly. You know what they did in Korea as well. Yeah. The things they did in Burma and Indonesia yeah. and all of these countries in Southeast Asia, East Asia, everywhere that their empire went, they would abuse, they would exploit, they would rape, they would kill. Yeah, they would do true. horrible things 
what this is like half a step down from the Nazis. Okay. Sure. So I would not put this on the list. But in a in a way that the Japanese Empire is kind of a creation of the Americans, if you look at it that way, because they forced they for kind of forced the Japanese to not become go from isolated country into a modernized world. Uh nobody really forced imperial ambitions onto Japan necessarily. Not imperial ambitions, but like modernize. Yes, I mean, and, if they just and they being just modernized, became... they kind of see what the they kind of saw what other countries were doing, and they said, "Hey, I wanted a part of this." Yeah, and they did it in a way that was worse than any other country managed to do it. Fair point. I don't find Fair that point. necessarily impressive. What I do find impressive though is how quickly they managed to modernize. That is one of the reasons that 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 is one of the reasons I put it on the list, so high on the list. That is impressive. I will give you that. I think they they did win the Russo-Japanese War. They did actually treat those those that might be an exception, but they did treat the. I believe if the the sources are right that I read, they are did treat the prisoners with kindness. That that might be one exception. That was most definitely an exception. Yeah, I wouldn't. I still very much disagree with this placement, but I will respect your choice. Mm-hmm. And what about you? What's your number six? My number seven, I actually missed. Seven. It was, sorry, uh, I'm sorry. I thought we yeah. were on number. Seven. I thought the bus. I read. I forgot to. Yeah. <laughs> my, my bad. Uh, number seven, I have the Maurya Empire of India. Mm. This is the first empire to unify India under the Chandragupta and later uh ahsoka i actually never heard of this empire so could you tell me about it yeah Yeah. Um, it was the the first empire um to unify india basically the indian subcontinent has always been one of the most prosperous and powerful regions on Mm. the planet but this empire was the first one to unify the region and make it self-sufficient and strong and a major player on the world stage uh this empire is pretty religiously tolerant under uh, the policies of Ahsoka. Also, major participant in trade kind of helped start the Silk Road yeah. during during the period that the Han Dynasty and the Roman Empire were also rising. Yeah. So this empire, in terms of historical influence, very great. One of the great empires of the ancient world. Mm. Uh, yeah, sorry, I told you that. Uh, Surprise, uh, you my, yeah. yeah, no, actually, I, I, when you said, think about it, I said, mention it, I, think the genius and generals had an episode on the Mauryan Empire and the Indian either them or it was in Vikta I, I don't remember somebody had an episode about the the Mauryan Empire and the unification of India mm-hmm. but I just don't I remember I've seen, that. I've seen that video before yeah yeah I just don't remember the, the channel's name yeah um interesting uh like historical anecdote yeah one of alexander's generals seleucus actually fought a war with chandragupta Mm. while he was founding his empire alexander went into india right at the moment where the Maurya empire was rising Mm. so if he was a couple years late he would have ended up fighting a war there Mm. fascinating and so I thought you said that you had, I'm, I'm really sorry because I thought you said that Bastion Chal- Chalifet's verse, you're number seven. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, that's what's your number six list. My number six, yeah. Um, my number six is the Mongol Empire. Yeah, <clears throat> I had to put this one on here because it was second biggest empire in history, the biggest contiguous land empire in world history, and that's not a small accomplishment. Obviously, this oh, empire yeah. was built through a great deal of conquest, a great deal of atrocity. Yeah, but as, yeah, that's what not you said. I mentioned with the Japanese Empire, that I was. They, they, why did you put the, those? I put. In, it's not kind of the same thing. They committed plenty of atrocities, rape, and murder as they came across. Yeah, yeah I, of course. Um, but I put the Mongol Empire on here because of its role in facilitating a cross continental trade through Eurasia, basically reestablishing the economic connections on a large scale that were lost after, after say, the collapse of the antique silk road yeah for the first time there was that transcontinental trade which that exchange that the mongols facilitated with their pox mongolica as some historians have called it it really accelerated the advancement of the european and the east asian worlds so didn't get they get into almost into romania at some point i believe they yes they they conquered uh, a lot of land they from like japan to what hungary or something um and they did it with a lot of atrocities but again they also contributed a lot to the world in a way that i don't think the japanese empire did mm, i think fair. the japanese the japanese empire was very heliocentric and by that i mean it was very centered around the japanese mainland the entire imperial effort was focused on exploiting yeah their conquered regions for the benefit of japan whereas the mongol empire um they weren't necessarily like that they were more hands-off with administration they were loose with regulations on trade and they allowed local authorities to sort of maintain their positions in a way that the japanese definitely did not fascinating so uh i'm sorry you want to do the next one yeah um number five you had the Spanish Empire. We talked about that. Why do you put the Spanish Empire higher? So, simply because at the end of the infants, like I said in the beginning, that's what not a lot of focus why I put, put empires on the list and they're significant in history. Like, you, like we talked about, they didn't govern, govern very well, but you don't admit that the Spanish culture that's still like, and it's, that is a ter- the, one of the world languages we have today. I'm trying to learn Spanish right now, actually, but Beside that's beside the point, but how's it going? How's that going? Caribbean, Caribbean. I think that means good. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it means good. But anyway, the that yeah, is good. But anyway, the again the influence and how they managed to rule basically a third of the world in at that time. It's quite it's quite impressive to me how they had cities from Mexico until all the way down to Argentina, even though they didn't govern very well. I committed as trustees as well. But uh, yeah, I, re- I respect how large they became. And even though they lost at a point, I just feel like they needed to be here and I didn't really have any other place for the yeah. Spanish empire. But it's one of those that you feel like it has been on the top 10 simply because its influence and the Spanish culture has on the South American continent. Continent. I just wish that it would have governed better when it left to help the South American countries prosper, to become better countries, maybe in an alternative 
universe they have, but who, who knows, que sabe, as they say in Spanish, who knows. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like, uh, and my love for, for Latin American culture as well, and what it brings is one of the reasons I put it so high up. Yeah, as far as influence goes, there's only a few empires throughout history that can rival the Spanish empire. Yeah. First truly global empire, you know, they had mm. bases in the Philippines and the Indian Ocean as well yeah. as the Americas. So they were the first ones to sort of create that world circuit of trade. Yeah. They, they really facilitated the expansion of the world economy during the 1500s. Yeah, and they were ruled by, by a Habsburg at some point. I don't remember the year. Yeah, Charles V. And we did get the Spanish Inquisition skits from Rowan Atkinson too, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, but it's hard to ignore that the Spanish Empire like laid the groundwork for what a global empire was supposed to be. Yeah. And it they, was actually the first empire. You know, they say that the sun never sets on the British Empire. Yeah. The first the first thing that they said that about was actually the Spanish Empire. Mm. The saying was originally about the Spanish Empire. Yeah. And the, how the Philippines is named after King Philip of Spain. It's yeah. it's uh, influence is hard again hard to ignore. Absolutely. In world history. So that's one of the reasons I put it so high up. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I'd probably move it a bit up. Fair enough. Uh, my, number five, my number five was a British Empire. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, my number five was a British Empire. I think... Yeah, actually, that's my number four, so we can kind of put that together, I think, so we can talk about why do you put that on your five. Yeah, uh, I put the British Empire high but not as high as some other people would. Uh, and I'm thinking about why I did that. I think obviously the British empire was perhaps the most dominant empire in world yeah. history. It was the greatest global empire ever. And it was a modern yeah. empire. So it was probably the greatest in terms of overall power compared to any yeah. of these, but I can't necessarily put it higher than the ones i have here because i think i value ancient empires more yeah same that might be a bit of a bias that i have but obviously yeah, no, i 100 agree if you go farther back in history there's obviously going to be more influence because influence expands over time uh, yeah. and maybe i'm just a little bit more uh wary of endorsing colonialist empires yeah. Simply because they have such, like, their actions, the actions of colonial empires like the British, the Spanish, yeah. and the Japanese, their actions and their conduct in much of the developing world have lasting consequences in the modern day. So yeah. it's a little bit more difficult to in in endorse their actions or mm. celebrate them. Sure. And one, one of the reasons I put mine on... The British on four is because, like you said, English is a, like English is one world language, and we got that did conquer basically the whole world. To put it that way, no one has conquered as much as the Britons has, I believe. Yeah, and you got the English people that speak English today in the world because of it. You know, Canada speak English and America speak English because of the British Empire, and they they basically, you know, conquered the known world from India to Africa. I mean, they didn't treat them very kindly, not necessarily, 
that the we got the industrial re re revolution because of the British Empire, and it, it's just an interest. I feel like it's should be as high as it is because of the significant that the empire has on history. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. The legacy of colonialism and the legacy of the British Empire specifically is, is a very mixed bag, but it's a very big bag. It's a very big yeah. bag. We shouldn't ignore the atrocities committed by the British with like the slave trade and uh, yeah, the, yeah, famines in uh, India. Yeah. And the way when Churchill basically stole grain from India because for the World War II and the Indian starves. Yeah. For example, we shouldn't ignore those things, but at the same time, it's hard hard to ignore. And of course, we should mention the Middle East and the British influence on Middle East that is like, yeah. the, like it is today because of the British Empire, which made me think, gosh, maybe should I put it higher on the list when I when I think about it. But mm -hmm. uh, like again, the influence of politics and of of basically how we got English as a world language and what it, and how the size of the empire is what yeah. I put it so high. Yeah. yeah, in terms of influence, it's it's undeniable that the British Empire should go very yeah. high on this list. I don't know what to ask you. What do you what do you think the Romans would how do you think they would view the British Empire since they had since they conquered Britain at one point for several hundred years, how do you think they would have viewed the British mm. British Empire? I think uh, it's difficult to say because the the British Empire was sort of an inheritor of the Roman legacy, but at the same time, sort of an inheritor of German legacy yeah. through the Anglo-Saxons. Um, also, the British Empire was a maritime empire and a trading empire. I don't know how the Romans would feel about that because they were never the most fond of the open sea. Um, but the trading part and the, the facilitation of trade, the facilitation of peace, prosperity, yeah. movement, and that kind of thing that the Romans absolutely adored, I think they would love that too. Yeah. They would very much admire what the British had done. I think they would respect the size too of the empire. They became oh, larger than the Romans ever did. Yeah, yeah. They very much expanded the world's horizons. So yeah, what about your number four? My number four is the Han Dynasty of China. Hmm. I have this here because it was the first Chinese empire. Yeah. See, I have this on here for the same reason that I have the... Um, the Maurya Empire. I just have it higher because the Han Dynasty lasted longer. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it basically unified China. I mean, technically, there was the Qin Dynasty before the Han Dynasty, but it didn't last very long. And the Han Dynasty did the real work of making China a very strong centralized state, yeah. directing its resources toward foreign conquests and trade. Basically, creating the first strong Chinese state, a tradition that would sort of be echoed by all future Chinese dynasties. Yeah. Yeah, Chinese empires is something I definitely want to study more because I kind of respect how China is today, even though we become today, like it's still a world power in today's 
today in the world as well, and the influence of Chinese history and China is again fascinating to yeah. me. Good word, good word. And we, I mean, we did get some too as well from yeah. from China, which again is influence on military history and generals is magnificent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, China has a large, very storied military tradition. If that's your vibe, yeah, yeah, and the we got Confucianism as well. Philosophy, yes, it's yeah. always been a, a source of admiration from the West. Yeah, so Chinese influence, it's hard to deny through Impossible, history. yeah. That's why I have it high. What's your number four? Uh, that was the British Empire. Oh, right. We discussed that. Yeah. yeah. So I put the Ottoman Empire on number three because, again, I said I'm really in- interested in Islamic history. And it's just, I'm going to say this right again. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Fascinating. To mm-hmm. me, because of the misunderstanding, because of certain groups that we have in the world today, and I want, that's why I'm trying to understand understand Islamic history to see if it's really as brutal as people say. I mean, it's interesting the influence of the Ottoman Empire in the our Turkish world today, and the I mean the Janissaries is pretty true. I mean, it's not. Not necessarily a good thing, but I find it, find it fascinating, interesting to, nice. uh, to to learn about the Janissaries, and I intend to do and want to do an episode. And the sultans like Mehmed the Second and uh, Suleiman the Magnificent is just two emperors that is sorry sultans that you that you can the influence of those sultans is hard to, again hard to deny in history. Yeah, Mehmed I mean, specifically is very fascinating. Did you um, know he invaded Italy? Hmm? Did you know that Mehmed invaded Italy? Yeah, but he failed, though. I mean, it failed just because he died. Yeah. It was actually succeeding when he died, which is interesting. He could have marched on Rome. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Imagine what world history would look like if he actually managed to march on Rome. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Constantinople, as I said, and the fall of Constantinople itself, it's one of the most in, important, I think one of the most important parts of his Eastern history as well. Absolutely. So, that, yeah, again, that is definitely going to become a future episode, the fall of Constantinople. And it's, yeah, Ottoman history is interesting. Have you seen, have you seen the TV show about uh, the 18th? So there is a Turkish TV show, actually, mm-hmm. about uh, an Ottoman so the, one of the last Ottoman sultans in 1876, I believe it's called. Yeah, in, uh, 18, in 1876. I rem- don't remember the sultan's name. I think it was Abdul Hamid or something. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, it's a, it's a Turkish series. It's quite good, actually. Yeah, I haven't seen it. What's it called? Uh, I don't remember the name. I, I remember watching a few episodes, but it's really good. I don't, yeah, send, you, I don't send you what, what I remember. Yeah, find that. But yeah, it's the Ottoman Empire and the harem. It's in. It's just the mystery of the Ottoman Empire. It's interesting. And have again, you seen? Have you seen this Netflix series about the Ottoman Empire? Yeah, that's one of the reasons how I found out about the Ottoman Empire actually, and yeah. I just found I was caught by it, and I just wanted to learn more about the Ottoman Empire because yeah. of it. And that's very good. 
Another channel I would like to recommend because to learn about, about the Ottoman Empire's Hikma history, which is another good, really good channel if you want to learn about Islamic history. Yeah. So um, yeah, I believe, what was what's your number three? My number three was the <coughs> Abbasid Caliphate. We yeah. talked about this one, <coughs> but I'll just restate it. Basically, I have this one here um, because like you, I think I value influence in history a lot especially positive influence, positive influence on a large scale. And I think the Abbasid Caliphate qualifies for that 100%. The way that they created the Arab world and made it into like the absolute center of prosperity throughout the entire globe during this period, it's very admirable what they did. Absolutely. And you... What you want to go talk more about this, or you want to go to number two? Yeah, we go to number two. Yeah, you can do you can do the others. All right. Um, my number two was the Persian Empire, the Achaemenid mm. Persian Empire. Interesting. Why? I've been doing, well, I've been doing a, a video series on the Achaemenid shahs of Persia, which I would really recommend kings. checking out. It's really good. Yeah, it's about the the kings of kings of Persia. Basically, mm-hmm. the ones who founded and expanded the Persian Empire. I, I try to convey through the series how revolutionary and different the Persian Empire was from its predecessors, from anything that existed in the world at the time. It was the largest empire by far in the world. And it also, the Persians conquered in a remarkably tolerant way. Um, they very rarely killed civilians they very rarely destroyed cities they would very rarely enslave conquered peoples they had not much slavery not much exploitation of course there's always that kind of stuff when you have a conquering empire but if we're doing this on a grade like on a gradient the persians were definitely towards the very tolerant very nice side of you know atrocity committing empires And they also, almost conquered Greek, Greece too. They almost yeah, conquered Athens. That's funny. Yeah, they almost did that, but unfortunately, that's one of the that's one of the only times in history, you know, where like weapons systems and military strategy yeah. actually impacted history in like a very mm. very significant way. In most other cases, right, like with the Roman case, it's not because the Romans had better like equipment or like better tactics or whatever. It's mostly just because yeah. the, the Roman economy and the Roman demographics were so strong that it just overwhelmed everything. But yeah. like in that situation, even though the Persian demographics were so much stronger than the Greeks, despite the fact they were outnumbered two to three, mm. two or three to one in every battle, their weapon systems and their tactics, the phalanx and the, the long spears and the heavy yeah. armor, they were just too powerful and they actually changed history. Yeah, true. Uh, but there wasn't it, I believe it was Crassus who did, they tried to compromise Mithridates at one point. Yeah, no, 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 not, Crassus tried to conquer the Parthians. Yeah. Yeah, but. I, I forget the Roman general's name, I mix up sometimes. Yeah. There um, was a Roman general who tried to conquer, I think, was it Pompey? It wasn't Pompey. Pompey succeeded in defeating Mithridates. Yeah, that's it. There was a general before him that tried but failed. I remember, but I don't remember his name. Um, Lucullus. Definitely. That could be it, yeah. No, Lu- Lucullus, um, he, he won victories against mm. Mithridates, but he didn't, like, finish him off, I guess. Yeah. 
anyway, about the the Persian Empire, I wanted to talk more about this. Yeah, of course. Um, the, per- the Persian Empire basically set the precedent for I don't know the Roman Empire, I guess the Macedonian Empire, the Maurya Empire, the Han Dynasty. Sort of set the set the standard for a a world empire. It it took the idea of empire to a much larger scale than previously before, yeah. and it also did it in a very respectable way. Yeah. The administrate the administration of the Persian Empire really efficient. They're they're a remarkably hands off type of empire, but they still managed to keep it together for two centuries. Yeah, Very impressive. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't have the Byzantine Empire on their list. To be honest, uh, I have the Byzantine Empire as the Roman Empire. I don't consider them different things. Mm, fair enough. I just had them as two separate entities, kind of, because most historians, I believe, consider them to be two separate entities. But I, yeah, I chose the Byzantines number two because of its historical significance and influence on history. I mean, apart from the Crusades, we, I mean, we did get Constantinople, which is one of the most important cities in history. And we had some of the great emperors with, and the influence of the Byzantines is hard, again harder than I. When you see how the Theodosian walls was built, and they, some of them still stand today in Istanbul, as and how they how they managed to conquer almost back into the Romans, back into the full size of Rome. With uh, I believe it was Justinian. This yeah. Yeah, Justinian. Launched the reconquest. Yeah. And uh, how, I mean, there was a story where the, where the, there was an earthquake and the, the emperor got the fans of the sport, of the sports, you know, you know, sport was so... Chariot racing. Chariot racing was so important part of Roman, of uh, Byzantine, Byzantine politics. And how we managed to get the fans to rebuild the walls again. It's yeah, that wouldn't happen. I believe that that would be it wouldn't happen anywhere else. And we got the crusades, which isn't a good thing, but again, the impact of the crusades in history and how the Byzantine history influenced our modern world and how they managed to stay stay alive until. 4053. I mean, they basically were the sick man of Europe at that point, but still, its influence and how it's it's how we got the first female historian, Anna Konemnes, out of the Byzantine Empire is is I'm gonna say that yeah, fascinating. To yeah, me. she's she's very interesting. Have you read her works? I want to. I haven't yet, but I, I really want to. Yeah, the way she describes and relates like court intrigue it kind of gives you a sense of why we call very complex and convoluted things byzantine yeah and the influence on byzantine history and how how they managed to stay alive so long that's i respect that the resilience resilience is impressive yeah the best we carried on the rome rome so it didn't it didn't really fall and i I'd read kind of turn consider them the same thing but i just feel like a lot of people don't so that's why i wanted to separate separate yeah. rome and byzantine empire 
in this case. Yeah. I think it's very fair to separate them. There's, yeah, like you said, most historians will actually make that distinction. Even if they'll consider them like political continuity, they yeah. will actually call them different things because they were pretty different things. Like the Roman yeah. Empire was the Mediterranean world, while the Byzantine Empire was kind of a regional power within a larger Mediterranean world that was more dominated by yeah. the Islamic caliphates. And that's sort of the reason that I don't think this the Byzantine Empire necessarily deserves to be on this list. Hmm. Because if you look at the, the span of Byzantine history, um, like from the fall of the West to the invasion of the Arabs, yeah. the Byzantine Empire was a great superpower on the scale of the Romans. But after that, they were basically reduced to regional power status and only they, they only managed to regain a little more of their glory, but yeah. never to the extent that they had before. In terms of influence, I don't know how much they necessarily had, especially on a global scale, because of the fact they were confined to the Mediterranean and they were just yeah. one of many big powers in the Mediterranean. So like the Byzantine Empire was more of a, a regional level empire to me rather yeah. than a world empire that deserves to be on a top 10 list. Fair enough. I mean, like we said, in 543, they basically were the sick man of Europe because they basically just had Constantinople left at that point. Yeah, and they were pretty reduced in power even by the year like 800 or something. I mean, just yeah. look at a map. Look at a map. It's kind of sad, but yeah. Yeah. And um, you want to do a few honorable mentions before we go to number one? Uh, I don't have any, but do you have any? I feel like the... The that like like Prussia needs an honorable mention for unifying Prussia, mm-hmm. for unifying uh, Germany and the influence it has on German politics and how the Germany became a unified country. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that's a that's a good choice of an empire to highlight. Yeah, another I don't want to put this is not an honorable mention, but I don't didn't put the Holy Roman Empire because I simply I don't really like the Holy Roman Empire that much. Holy Roman Empire was not a real empire. I don't consider it to be either, and I don't I don't feel like it's too much of a mess to be Yeah. It was more of a title. Yeah. For prestige purposes, because there was very little that the actual title conferred to you in terms of power. Yeah. And I again I want to actually I want to put Habsburg on Empire on an honorable mention list as well because again their influence in in Austrian politics and they also had the Spanish influence at at one point too they had a Spanish king on Habsburg Empire is difficult because there was never a, like a, a unified Habsburg yeah. Empire. The, the closest they got was under Charles V, where it was a personal union between like Spain and Naples yeah. and Austria and all these things were ruled by one person. Sure. But after that, uh, even though they were the same dynasty, they were sort of split off. It was yeah. never actually a unitary empire. So I don't know if that would actually count on the list. I suppose that's why I put it on an honorable mention list. Yeah, Is but that... definitely at its peak under Charles V. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it had the Spanish Empire too in that, so you know. Yeah, that's that's my honorable honorable mentions, I suppose. Uh, let me think of some honorable mentions. Let me see. Uh, I suppose um, 
the Mali Empire would deserve yeah. an honorable mention. You know, Mansa Musa, he's become famous on yeah. online articles for being, quote unquote, the most famous or the most rich person in history, yeah. right? For having so much goddamn gold. Um, but that's pretty cool. I think that would deserve it. One of the yeah. great African empires. I guess also maybe the Egyptian New Kingdom, Yeah, I guess, for breaking new ground. Yeah, I was considering putting Egypt on there, but I just wasn't sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's a bit far back in history, but... Yeah. Still but definitely. The, yeah. So, you want to go to number one? And don't worry, it's not the Third Reich. Of course, it's ancient Rome. That's good. Ancient <laughs> Rome. So, we have ancient Rome. We both have that, the Roman yeah. Empire, at number one. What are your reasons for that? Well, again, it's the influence of the empire. We got the Roman languages because of the Roman empire, like Spanish, Portuguese, French, and even Romanian as uh, part because of the Roman influence. And they actually as well influenced Den the Danish empire at some point because they did collaborate with Denmark when as hiring them as mercenaries for yeah. against the Germans. But not just the fascination of how they managed to grow from one little city-state until a massive empire and how they, how they managed to grow, rule the Mediterranean for almost a thousand years. It's impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. I think what I value most in ranking the Roman world would be, like I said before, the establishment of peace and prosperity yeah. and just improving the lives of citizens overall by making them safer and making their lives more stable. Yeah. I think Rome did that very well for several centuries. Started to fall apart at the end, of course, like all empires do. But during the few centuries of its core prosperity, I think Roman people overall experienced greatest prosperity in human history up until that point yeah and, and it was uh, very sustained yeah it had its fair share of mad emperors which have made it even more interesting and to you know learn about these emperors to so-called mad crazy is it how much is it true how much it's biased and yeah julius Caesar, which is one of the biggest men in history to put it that way yeah the work the Romans did to create a truly connected economy within the Mediterranean. Yeah. The immense scale of the Roman economy is just breathtaking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just imagine what it would be like to be a Roman, to watch being Rome. I mean, to see Colosseum, the battle in Colosseum, it would have been spectacular. Yeah. And of course, we should avoid idealizing Rome. Oh, oh yeah, I was, I was trying to say that too. Like, yeah. they, I mean, just look at Carthage, for, for example, when they burned. Yeah, insane atrocities as well. Julius Caesar apparently killed a million people in Gaul. Yeah. I don't think that's true, but probably not too far off from the number. Also, the Roman slavery. Yeah. Was horrible system. But... I mean, Rome was built on slaves, and but yeah. I believe so was every other ancient, ancient world, 
empire yeah. at that time. But Rome, Rome took it to an industrial level with yeah. how they used slavery to fuel their economy, which is probably the biggest stain on the Rome reputation, I guess, mm. that maybe 15% of the population was enslaved. Yeah, and definitely. For a vast majority of people, it was terrible because they had slaves working in mines, they had slaves working on plantations they basically had a mix of slavery from throughout history yeah so wasn't it marius crassus who said that uh, you you're not rich enough unless until you have don't have to work yourself that your slaves can do all the work for you yeah yeah but then again you got people like caligula and you got people like nero and sola who's who just entered really fascinating to read about and to god i need to learn one to change my vocabulary but but they're just really really interested in how the roman army worked so well and that's just that's why i keep coming back to rome because it's just there you never learn you never ought to learn about it you can never run out of subject to learn about it when you when it comes to ancient rome yeah the roman empire just achieved so much in terms of scale organization and prosperity just that combination as well as longevity yeah, yeah. scale prosperity longevity all this stuff rome did very well um and obviously it did so on the back of a slave system yeah. which you have to recognize. But in terms of influence, as you said, undeniable, probably the most influential empire in history. I mean, just look at Mussolini, how he embodied himself after Caesar a thousand years after. Yeah, and, you know, monarchs throughout history have done that. Yeah. People still quote uh, Caesar today when they yeah. protests. Yeah, the Roman legacy lives on today and i have a latin language still is used in for scholars and in medicine and flowers and they're basically basically everywhere in fiction in uh, inspired it inspired fictional languages inspired people people still uh, it's a, not really i wouldn't say it's a it's a dead language but not really in a sense I mean, dead language just means that there's no native speakers. Yeah, huh? yeah. But and there's no native speakers, but it's still a very exciting community, I guess. There's this YouTuber called Polly Matthew. Oh, I, I love him. I love him. I would love to have him on the podcast. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's amazing. He reads yeah. and speaks ancient Greek and Latin. That's impressive. Wonderful, Wonderful yeah. So yeah, you want to. Add anything else, or are you happy with the list that we've presented so far? I think happy with this. Yeah, it's been a great discussion with you. Uh, absolutely, same. Yeah. So, uh, for my, I mean, if you're listening to my podcast, you have anything you know you want to plug on the social media or anything else you want me to put in the description for my podcast? Uh, you can just put my channel there. Yeah. So my name is Alan. If you're listening on my end. This has been that well that aged well. We are under Instagram under well that aged well. You can find my podcast wherever you can find podcasts on Spotify, on your Apple Podcasts, wherever. And we are also on YouTube, so check us out there. 
And then uh, my name is Alan. I'll see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 